Hello and welcome to All The Things Podcast. I'm Lauren Alexander, your host for this week and every week. <laughs> anyway, today I have a very special guest. We're sitting on uh, our couch together and my guest for uh, today is my husband, Seth. And um, Seth is a pastor and a great dad and a great husband and um, I'm really excited to, for you to get to know him a little better if you don't. And even if you do, maybe you'll learn some new things about us and our marriage and uh, what God is doing in our lives and how we handle things that um, come to every couple, how we deal with ministry and um, all kinds of fun stuff. So he's going to tell us all the things today. Hi, Seth. Hey. Hey, I'm really glad you're here. Yeah. Yeah, it's 10 o'clock at night. We, um, I just got home not long ago and I'm happy that we're able to have a little bit of a chat together. And we actually got some really fun questions from people who listened to last week's podcast with Megan. Um, so I hope that they'll go back and, uh, our listeners will go back and check it out. Um, it's a pretty cool conversation about mentoring and discipleship. And, um, we actually mentioned you on there because, um, there's a book that she wanted you to read. So <laughs> anyway, um, so tell everybody a little bit about your call to ministry, because I think it's so fascinating for people to hear how um, people found their way to vocational ministry and sort of their journey. So maybe start there. Sure. Um, I was always, grew, I always grew up in the church. My parents were Christians. Um, they always took us to church. I did the whole youth group thing, went to college and was mentored by a college campus pastor. I thought that God was calling me to teaching. And uh, when that didn't really work out very well, um, it was pretty clear that God had called me into something else. And I remember when I got the phone call from Bicknell, which I hadn't even really considered ministry when they called. Uh, a denominational leader had given him my name. And I remember saying, Bick where? And thinking, <laughs> I don't know if this is right. But I, when I, I consented to coming to an interview. And as I was sitting in the church kitchen and the deacons were talking to me, um, it was so abundantly clear this is where I was supposed to be. And here we are almost 12 years later, yeah, and I haven't left. You'll celebrate your 12th anniversary here in July, right? Uh, the end of July, yeah. Okay. July yeah. 23rd. Yeah, hard to believe, 12 years. And um, that's pretty uncommon for uh, a pastor, especially in your age bracket to have served so long in a, in the same church. So what right. is the average right now? Um, I think Tom Rainer said a couple weeks ago, the average is like three years. Tom Rainer, tell him who that is. Uh, the president CEO of Lifeway. He has a podcast called Rainer on leadership. You love that one. I do. I listen to that one twice a week. <laughs> so sometimes you binge listen to catch up too. Right? No, well, no. yeah, I have been binge listening because he has a hundred episodes I haven't listened to yet. You got a lot to do. I do. Okay, good thing you have so much free time. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> okay, um, so how? Um, so it's like two to three years average. Two to three right? years average for okay. a pastor. Okay, and that's the median. He says mm -hmm. a lot of pastors actually are staying longer. Mm -hmm. And so that means a significant more are staying even less than three years to make the average be to make the average actually years. be three years. Um, this is just an opinion and, you know, opinions are pretty uh, common these days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> check your local Facebook uh, scroll for any opinion of any matter. But one thing that I've noticed is that our generation really struggles with sometimes sticking with something. Yeah. Faithfulness. Yeah. So tell 
me and everybody who's listening, um, we got a great question about burnout. Um, right, right. Our friend Beth. Hi, Beth. We're glad you listen and care and <laughs> have a question. Um, and she was asking about burnout. Do you think that that's one of the reasons that so many pastors are leaving churches like they're on fire? <laughs> well, I think yeah, I think it, it probably has something to do with that. I think it's built into us now in our culture. Like I remember as a kid, my mom said, you, you started that you have to finish it. Mm. But I'm not sure a lot of people have that same background. Mm -hmm. Like it's just easy to quit mm -hmm. and go on to something else yeah. when the waters get hard mm -hmm. or when things get difficult, it's easy just to move on. Mm -hmm. But instead I think that the real, um, ex um, seeing the real fruit of the spirit of faithfulness come through is really sticking with it even mm -hmm. when it is hard. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, I'm not saying that there's not a time to leave because you're doing more damage mm -hmm. than you would be good. Or God is calling you to. Or God place. is calling you someplace sure. else. But if it's just because you're in a season where you're not really happy or you think you're burnt out, that's mm -hmm. not necessarily a good reason to leave. Mm -hmm. I think burnout is so easy to get into because you, you get so focused on the one thing. Mm-hmm. And you don't take time for yourself. You're not doing self-care. You're not probably not practicing the spiritual disciplines like you should. Oh, that is so true. And those things yeah. really get in trouble. Get you in trouble. What are some of the remedies? And you kind of touched on this, yeah. but talk talk more about some of the remedies for that burnout that people because right. people can experience that in any line of work right. in any in any relationship you can yeah. get burned out in any uh, sort of service that you're doing. Right. Talk about some of the ways to kind of come back from that. Talk about some of the ways to push through. And Right. Well, the, probably the most important way to push through is just to push through. Mm -hmm. You keep doing it, mm -hmm. and eventually it gets better. Yeah. But I think one thing that, you know, we've worked on since I've been married, mar since we've been married. Yeah, we were married to each other. <laughs> right, since we've been married, was the, the intentional effort to keep the day off. Yeah. Like, mm, to, to, to yeah. do that. And, you know, when we start when we started... Our, my day off was Monday. That was the worst. Can I just tell you guys, everybody, <laughs> know that that was the worst. Not because of you, but your mind was never really right. here. Yeah, and so we switched it a couple years ago to Friday, which was kind of a, a big effort. And you were so nice about that because I came to you and said, I've been reading some blogs, which are always like the death knell words. <laughs> what have you been reading that we need to do differently now? Um, but I came to you and I said, how about if you take Fridays? And you were so kind to even try it. Right. Because and it, you were so used to that. Yeah, I'd had Monday since I'd been in ministry because that's mm -hmm. what the pattern was for the pastors before me. Mm -hmm. And so, like, our offices were closed on Monday, so I just took Monday off. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of a big deal to switch it because I had to not only switch everything in my pattern because I'm a pretty patterned, structured person. Really? I know, I you didn't no notice. <laughs> but I also had to I also had to ask my administrative assistant to switch her day. Mm -hmm. And so it just really was kind of a big deal because it changed mm -hmm. her whole pattern of how she mm -hmm. does things. But now we both really like it because we have Friday and Saturday it's almost together. like a weekend. Yeah, it's like together. <gasps> what? A weekend. Now, of course, that happens sometimes when Saturday becomes a work day, too. Mm -hmm. But then I try to make up for that other times in the week. Mm -hmm. And it does allow for a lot of flexibility. Um, what are some other ways that we can power through burnout? Well, of course, practicing spiritual disciplines. Um, and, you know, like, I'm a big fan of Richard Foster and the Celebration of Discipline. There's 12 listed there. Mm -hmm. You actually did a sermon series I did a on whole that. sermon series on that. This was back in the day before we were married. Right. So there are no recordings, thank goodness. 
Um, I wasn't that good of a preacher then. I actually think they are still on the church website. Are they? Um, I'm going to go take them down tomorrow. <laughs> um, nobody needs It'll to hear that. Show, like, you've improved. That's a good thing. Right. That's a good thing. Um, but, you know, there's 12 of those. And it's not saying that you have to practice all of those all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, thinking through those and mm-hmm. practicing maybe something different. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's it's good to have that um, solitude. Mm-hmm. Like when you're struggling with burnout, uh, to go away. Like when I, I had a sabbatical this spring after I've been the pastor almost eight years at Vicknell at the time, and they said, we need you to take a sabbatical so that you're not getting into that place of burnout because I have great leaders who are thinking about my personal health. And that's really key, too, to have people supporting your right. pastoral leadership. And so during that sabbatical, I went to our camp and spent – two nights away mm-hmm. from everything and everybody and just really did a lot of sleeping and a lot of nothing else. Mm-hmm. And just being in the presence of God. Right. Um, one thing that I think is really key when you feel burned out is to actually open your mouth and, and tell people that can hold you accountable. Right. Um, especially if you don't have people in your life who are coming to you and saying, Hey, we don't want you to get to this point. If you're already at that point, um, you need to open your mouth and, and just confess that to somebody who right. is going to care for you and hold you accountable to caring for yourself. Yeah. Because the truth is, if it's not in you, you can't give it to anybody else. Sure. And if you are burning the candle at both ends and you feel like your hand's going to catch on fire from holding it, <laughs> then, you know, you are, you are not as effective for the kingdom of God when you have less to give. And so just taking that time to pour into your own spirit, uh, by the power of the Holy spirit, <laughs> being in the word of God. Um, mm-hmm. and, and also seeing the big picture. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes we get, and this is easy for us as a couple and in ministry as leaders to get distracted right. by things that really are not going to matter in the scope of the kingdom of God. At the end of the day, this is not something that's going to dramatically affect someone's salvation and, it can be really peaceful to just step back and look at the bigger picture and say, am I really going to, is this really going to matter in eternity? Right. And being able to say no or being able to say yes. And so that's why it's important that I stick with it because our feelings will lie to us. And right. Well, in ministry, one of the things I've noticed is I used to do lots of things. Mm-hmm. And when I stopped doing the things and nobody noticed they weren't getting done, mm-hmm. it became clear they weren't that important. Yeah, the secret's out now, though. <laughs> but I think you're so right about that. The things that we value, if we really step back, and if they're stressing us out that much, we have to ask, are we abiding? Mm-hmm. Are we connected to the vine, like it talks about in John 15? Right. Because it says, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Even if you try, you still are going to accomplish nothing. I think it's really easy to forget that, and we end up doing things that God never asked us to do. Um. And then we actually miss the blessing of being able to do the stuff that he really called sure. us to do. Okay. So um, we got a really great question about serving together. Right. Beth asked that question. Oh, yeah. She's and the funny thing about Beth is we actually both knew Beth before we knew each we other. We did. I love her. Beth That's Riggins funny. is her name. She's awesome. And God really uh, is doing some cool things in her life. So um, maybe she can come on sometime and talk about that. That'd be fun. Yeah, I think she, I hope she would like that. I love her vision for doing counseling in a Christian setting. Oh, so important. So important. And therapy is something that's like almost a dirty word in Christianity, but I find that it's very important to people's mental health to have someone to be able to talk to. Yeah. 
um, when things get hard. And that's another great way to prevent burnout. I yeah. Think. Okay. So serving together. Let's talk about this because um, I get this question a lot from people. How do you have, we have four kids, if you didn't know, um, and they are eight and under. And Seth is, is full-time employed at the church. I do not have uh, a full-time job save for caring for the kids, making sure they're fed and clothed and these things. But we do a lot of ministry. Right. Sometimes we do it together. Sometimes uh-huh. we do it apart. And so one of the questions was, um, what do we gain from doing it together? And what do we gain when we when we serve apart from each other? I yeah. think that's such a great question. Well, a lot of times what we gain when we do it together is time together that we don't normally get. Wise. <laughs> yes. I and, mean, sometimes it's like, oh, we can do it together without the children. And that means more time to talk. That means tra- travel time. Travel time to uh-huh. really connect more and be Events to- together, sharing experiences together that right. we would never get to do otherwise. And getting to share about Jesus together. Right. I think that it gives maybe, I hope that it gives other people a chance to see Christ in his church yeah. in a, in a no. tangible way in our marriage. Not no. always, but hopefully sometimes. Now, of course, when we serve together, generally it's kind of one of those weird situations where we're serving together, but we're doing it separately. Mm-hmm. Like we rarely speak together. Mm-hmm. And part of that's, I don't, we never get asked to do that. But the other part is we both have very different styles, mm-hmm. both in speaking and in planning. When it has happened, it's been really fun to see the creative process, though. When we got to speak together, well, it was stressful for you. It was fun for me because <laughs> it definitely it definitely um, expressed our personalities because um, it was just interesting how it all came together um, because Seth came to it one way and I came to it another. And it was such a great example of our marriage as a whole. Right. <laughs> and we just approach things differently, but yeah. it works. It works really well. And I find that serving together with you always really... Um, makes me appreciate our marriage because I see women who may not have that or who may not get those opportunities or who may not have as great of a leader um, right. as, as I'm blessed to have in you. And that's not flattery. That's really the truth. And it makes me more grateful for you. I think yeah. and more grateful for our relationship and how much you let me run. You don't, um, you don't say you're not, you're not going to do that. You say, okay, how can I help you? How can I empower you to do that? It's never no. It's yes, and how can I help? And I love that about you. And then serving apart, um, I think, uh, just, again, reminds me how gracious you are to let to let me do that. And it makes me realize how much stuff you do around here <laughs> that does not get done if you're not here in such a good way. I'm not saying that badly. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, and I mean, like, serving apart. I We were both serving apart before we were married. Mm-hmm. And so even when we became married and we became one, mm-hmm. we still had those individual parts. Yeah. And that's part of marriage is becoming one with another person and yet maintaining the personality and yes. the gifts and the skills that God gave you and continuing to hone those in, in a way that is, is better than it was before right. because we're able to sharpen each other's gifts and you're able to help me be a better communicator. And I may be able to help you come up with like something that I like to help you do is to come up with like sermon series ideas sometimes right. or, or that sort of thing. So I think it makes, it helps us make each other 
better. Right. Even though we're both communicators, and that's mm-hmm. what we primarily do for... Yeah, so I'm loving this right Our now. vocation. Yeah. <laughs> we have radically different ways of doing that. Yeah. Like, you're more interpersonal, and mm-hmm. I'm more um, plan-oriented, mm-hmm. um, organized, strategic in the way mm-hmm. I do things. Mm-hmm. My notes are way more, uh, way more detailed than yours, though. But I, but you know, like my notes are becoming more and more detailed and yours are becoming more and more point driven. It's so interesting how, uh, we've definitely shifted in that way. Cause I used to manuscript all my sermons and now I'm like, okay, I'll do the outline. Whoever would have ever guessed in my whole life, anyone who knew me that I would want to do an outline. And I had two and a half full pages of notes on Sunday. Gosh, Never in my life. I'm just so proud right now. I used so to proud. preach from post-it notes. <laughs> that is true. And you still have some of them, don't you? Yeah, I keep some of my Bible for those last-minute things. Like that time I went to the jail, uh-huh. and Matt Hoffman, here's a shout-out to Matt Hoffman, <laughs> walks up to me and says, my other people aren't coming, and I'm going to do <laughs> solitary, so you're going to need to teach. And I'm like, I've never been here before. And he goes, well, you know, just, just do whatever you do, and it'll be fine. And thankfully I had one in my notes because I'm not that kind of spontaneous, (laughs) oh, let's open up the Bible and just talk about it. Yeah, I need a plan. Yeah, Yeah. I need a plan. That's why they call us the A-team because we love it when a plan comes together. Right. (laughs) You're like, what's that, Murdoch? Is that his? No, Murdoch's the kamikaze. That's Tyler. Right, yeah. Um, You're the uh, uh, Hannibal, Hannibal. right? Hannibal, yeah. Not the creepy Hannibal from Silence of the Lambs, but the A-team Does that make you Mr. T? Uh, no, I feel like I'm the reporter lady. Okay. I don't remember her name. But Me either. They had a I don't, I do wear a lot of jewelry though. Most of it's Noonday Collection. Uh, you need to do your hair like the high school 80s hair. Okay. Okay. Like real big sometime. We'll take I, a picture of that Instagram. That is not going to be a problem. You I can, can follow that. Lauren on Instagram at 18family5. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, do that. It's so much fun. There's lots of cool videos and fun stuff on there. I think that that was a really great question because it shows that even though we're unique in the body of Christ, we can still be one as right. a married couple. And this is the same thing for the church, that, that even though God has blessed us with different gifts in, in a church setting and in the body of Christ, that we can come together and still maintain that unity. Right. The pieces fit together as a puzzle. Right. They're not identical, mm-hmm. but they're being different right. makes them work together. That's so right. And so hopefully, you know, when we are serving in those capacities, that our marriage is an example to others of building one another up in the Lord and working together, even though we're different, working together and in, 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 in growing in unity to yeah. serve him. So, um, okay. Um, let's talk about, Something fun for a minute. Um, Netflix. I love Netflix. Okay, we love Netflix so much. Uh, tell them what you've been watching. Some I of have the things s- you've been I have, <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I have Mostly. several binge-watching habits. Okay, tell them what some of our rules are about, about watching things. We because, each have our own shows that we watch yes. that the other can't watch or doesn't want to watch. Oh, like and the so we home watch, improvement shows. Ugh, I would rather. But I'm out now, out. so I've watched them all Thank on Netflix. You, Jesus. I don't know why HGTV only puts one or two shows up at a time, but mm-hmm. and they still haven't put my big family renovation up there, so I'm kind of mad about that because I'd watch that season again. But I'm watching. I I just I'm trying to finish up White Collar. Okay. From USA. It's off the it's off the air now, but I'm on season five. What's White Collar about? Um, it's kind of a 
what is it about? It's uh, Neil Caffrey is a con man mm-hmm. who is in jail and he gets brought out of jail to be a consultant for the FBI's white collar division. And so it's kind of this fun show about crime, but also at the same time how Neil's always conning someone, whether it's for the FBI or conning the FBI. Or... It's fairly clean, too. It's say? a great clean show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Clean. Yeah, I mean, for the most part. For a cable but, show. But then, of course, when I get bored with my other shows, I always go back to my all-time favorite, oh. The West Wing. And I've seen it about eight times all the way through. But I'm watching it People again People are going to judge you for that. <laughs> I don't care. It's good television. <laughs> it did win a lot of Emmys. It did. It's really good television, good writing. White Collar is uh, based off the same guy who is in Catch Me If You Can. That right. Luke, very loosely based. Right. But the same premise. That, right. It's that a he, modern that they setting. they caught him and yeah. he was really good and he went to work for the FBI. Right. And then we've been watching together. Friends. Friends. Or Lauren had never really watched Friends before. I hadn't. I had not given it a chance. Uh, favorite character on Friends is... For me, um, mm-hmm. it's a tie between Phoebe and Joey. Okay, for me, it's Chandler, and I love him. Not yeah. like that, but I do think he is the funniest one. I have been watching The Pitch, which I just started actually last night, and I think I've watched four episodes. <laughs> well, I caught you watching one today. I did, and that was probably the first like television I've really sat down to watch. Like A lot of times right. I'll watch Dateline or something on my phone while I'm doing dishes. Or which that's the one thing I... That's, that's my... Dateline is to me as home improvement is to Lauren. That was such an SAT thing to say. I know. Okay. So I love I love crime shows so much. And I found out that there I have a friend that likes them too and I was like, does that make us weird that we love Dateline and 48 Hours Mystery and and all the other shows? And she said, "No, it's Justice in an Hour. Where else can you get that?" And I thought that was so wise. Uh that was Debbie uh, Sidham for the Just time. Justice sometimes. Justice some most of the time. If they wrote a show about it, they're going to have justice. So that's something that I love, but I've been watching The Pitch, which is this um, pitch with a P, uh, this this show from AMC. They did a reality type show with advertising agencies. So these big clients like 1-800-Flowers and Clockwork that does like Benjamin Franklin Plumbing and all that stuff, they uh, get two ad agencies together and give them a brief of what they want and then a week later they have to present and then they get, you see the whole pro- the whole creative process. It's such a great show. A little bit of language but they bleep it all out. Right. And it's so fascinating to see these creative people and what they go through to make a commercial. It, you know, it's kind of like um, Shark Tank that you really like too. I love... Okay, love, 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 love Shark Tank. Um, we yeah, don't one have night cable. we, we one night we turned the YouTube on on the Wii, mm-hmm. and it shows the whole episode, and then it goes right on to the next one. Mm-hmm. I think it was like one o'clock in the morning before we realized. Oh my gosh, we that we've been watching this. it all night long. Um, it was so good because we both really like the Shark Tank. Yes, it's of so course, fascinating. We would not be successful in business. No, we. But tried we always think. But we always think that we could be more successful than that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the appeal of it. Uh-huh. Uh, love I Shark know better. Tank so much. Wish we had cable just for Shark Tank. And really, that's the only show that I would be interested in watching, I think. Um, we only have Netflix right now, and that just works for our family, and it's that's a lot cheaper. That's Dave Ramsey's fault. Yeah, you can thank Dave for that, among many other things that we've gone away from because of him. But uh, no, we don't have cable, and that's working for our family pretty well. Um, we just have Netflix. It's a lot better for the kids because we can really monitor 
mm-hmm. more closely what they're watching. Well, generally. Especially now with the new children's side where we can set the settings. Right. Uh, the only time that that is uh, a bad thing is when we catch Ty up at like 4 a.m. and he's gone to my side and is watching Power Rangers episodes. But now we're... Pray for us. But now we're disconnecting the Wii and hiding it. We do. And it's a challenge every night to find a new hiding spot that Ty cannot find And it. if that is wrong, I don't want to be right. Okay, how do we handle... How do you handle, and us together, of course, how do we handle when God's plan and our plan seem to uh, be, like, at a fork in the road? And when, I guess the question was, when unexpected things come up, um, and we've had a lot of experience with that in our marriage and even in our dating relationship, how do we handle frustration when our plans and God's plans don't necessarily connect i get yeah. is that a good way to say it maybe? probably i think yeah. my best answer is i pout <laughs> for like what two or three weeks at least okay. yeah okay that's I, fair. I, I can also be very passive aggressive that's yeah yeah so i can probably do that with god too and be passive aggressive mm-hmm. hmm. yeah with a little with a little shoulder shrug yeah. <laughs> for some reason i don't know where our kids picked it up but when they don't like what we're saying or asking them to do they'll be like that's a no <laughs> you know, like that's Tabby will no. be like, I'm not doing that. That's a no. <laughs> and sometimes that's what I want to say to God. Well, that'll be a no. <laughs> you know, I preached on this a couple weeks ago, really, with Paul and his missionary journey. Mm-hmm. Like everywhere he went, they it was like God prevented him or the Holy Spirit didn't allow him. And I'm like, I can imagine Paul being the kind of guy who planned every detail of that trip out. Mm-hmm thinking he's going to do all these great things for God amongst the Gentiles, and God don't, doesn't let him. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up having this dream about going to Macedonia, mm-hmm. of all places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what ends up happening there is pretty right. incredible. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of times, even when God's plan is not our plan, usually the end destination is not necessarily the destination. Mm-hmm. God is the destination. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Like, God is the end destination mm-hmm. for us. Like, Macedonia for Paul was not the destination, Mm -hmm. but a closer relationship with God was the Mm -hmm. destination. Mm -hmm. And uh, my friend told me the other day that, you know, when God sets you on a pilgrimage, there's always a a place to arrive. And I think that place is his presence. Yes. And we can run from that like Jonah did. Right. Or we can learn to fall into it and say, okay, um, I'm going to take a minute because God understands our weaknesses and I'm going to, you know, have my moment. I'm going to have my, that's a no, but the longer I live, the more I understand and realize the beauty of quick obedience. Yeah. Even when it does not make sense to me, especially when it does not make sense to me as a parent. Now, um, I can honestly say that I value quick obedience <laughs> much more than I used to. But I also see it differently now as a parent when I respond to God and how much, how much easier it goes, even if it doesn't make sense, just to say yes. But also to find the joy in the fact that we serve a God who would circumvent our plans like that. Right. Who would say, you know what? I have something better for you. Yeah. So let me just do this and you will see mm-hmm. um, in the love that God has for us. And so to appreciate that, I think, when you're frustrated and to say, Gosh, I have a Lord that cares so much about me. You know, he, he could make me serve him. 
like this. But instead, he's inviting me on a new adventure that I don't understand. Yeah. And I can see his love for me, that he would circumvent my desires in the way that I wanted things to go, when it would be much easier just to let me do my own thing. Right. But to say, I have something better for you. Like when I tell my kids... We told them yesterday, you know, hey, we want to take you somewhere. And they were like, oh, I don't want to go. And they, they were mad. Well, it ended up being for Frosties, that they didn't understand that in the moment. Right. And if I judge everything by the way I feel about it at first, I'm not going to get very much done. Right. Um, okay. So let's talk about different views <laughs> On parenting, and we can thank uh, our friend Amanda who, Dalton who asked a great question. Thanks, she and set I, us up. I think she set me up, yeah, because this is probably our 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 greatest area of like growth that we could have. Is <laughs> yeah, that, that a nice way to say that's it? That's the counseling way to say it. Okay, this is where I, we disagree. And I I said on her, she asked like, "Oh, if you have that problem," and I was like, "Oh, it's so cute that you would say that, you know, if we have that problem." Right, yeah. <laughs> so, um this is an area where we really struggle. So, if anyone has, well, I'm not going to ask for tips because I don't get um, everyone on the internet tell me what to do because I don't think that'll help. But uh, yeah, that's something that we can really grow in. Yeah, I think so. And especially me because I'm really bad about this. Uh, yeah. We just have different, we grew up in different households and we have different ways of thinking about things. Mm-hmm. Different ways of parenting and sometimes. It collides. It collides. Not in a pretty collision either. I would say this is probably besides ministry. This is our big. Com- this is our biggest conflict. Yeah, it's better than it was. It is. It is. We. I. I. We both come a long way on that, and I think the most important thing is it's just the best advice in marriage. Anyway, is just to give the other person the benefit of the doubt, and that's right. something that I have been guilty of not giving you before. Is just to be like, man. I know that he loves these kids. He has given up his life to care for them. And I'm going to trust in this moment that even though it doesn't feel right to me, um, I'm going to try to like take a step back and say, I know that he is a good-willed man toward them. Well, I think generally we do that in general with our lives. Mm-hmm. Is For some reason we have this instinctual desire to say, that person was out to intentionally hurt me. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's not. Oh, that person was out to get me. Actually, as a matter of fact, most of the time people aren't thinking about you at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think even in our parenting, sometimes I'm like, she did that just to spite me. Spite yeah. me. But that's not true at all. No, that's we're not on at all. The same we're on the, team. <laughs> we have to remind the kids that sometimes yeah. that we're on the same team. And sometimes we need to believe that ourselves. And I think it's humbling myself to know I don't have all the answers. I'm not, I'm not perfect at this and right. he's not perfect either and it's easy for me to sit back and criticize you when you're doing it and it's easy for you I'm sure to sit back and criticize me when I'm doing it but it's harder when you're in the moment and so you know the only times that I think you know ever needs to intervene is like if one parent's too frustrated or upset to really discipline the child well right and so other than that I think is really important to learn and we're learning this you know this is not something that we're, we've perfected by any stretch but to, to trust the other person, to say, mm-hmm. gosh, this person loves these kids and they are doing your best to discipline them in an awkward moment where, um, you know, things are just, maybe you're getting a hacky sack thrown at you or something. <laughs> or a full 32 ounce thing of Mountain Dew. That did happen once. In the van, on the interstate. 
That was a hard day. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we discovered Red Dye was not our friend. Um, that is a war story from the chest of foster care, right? Yeah. There. Okay. A <laughs> uh, different podcast. We'll talk about that in a different <laughs> podcast. This is all the things, so. All the things. All the things. Even the bad. Even the even hard Even the bad stuff. things. Yeah. Okay, so I found this great list of um, things that couples can do together uh, to have fun. And so we had a question from Amanda Bechtel. She was asking about what date nights look like for us. I love date night. Do yeah. you love date night? Date night is good. You Give it a little more gumption. Date night's great. <laughs> that was perfect. No, we do really enjoy being together. Like you were saying, when we get to serve in ministry, anytime we get together, I think date night for us probably looks different than other people because I think other people are like, oh, I don't want to talk about work. I don't want to talk about responsibilities. And that is our time to really dream and say, okay, right. what what could God do next? And our date nights probably look different than everybody else's because generally for date night, we're just happy to get away. Yeah. I'm not looking for a So date. we're willing to drive an hour and eat at a restaurant and then drive home. Yeah, it's really not about go to the Target stuff for, to do. without children. Yeah, I mean it's really not about the stuff that we do. It's yeah, we don't really together. go and do a lot of entertaining things. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't like the movies, right? Take somebody, take me to the movie in in Jesus' name. I mean, movie I never get to go to the movies. You are so weird about that. There's snacks at the movies. The movies are and the good. snacks cost. More than my first child. <laughs> that might be true. Uh, I've been dying to see a couple movies, but they'll have to wait until they come out on Netflix, I guess. And then you won't even do it because you don't like movies. But I'm getting off the subject. Uh, date night for us, <coughs> excuse me, date night for us is um, a time where we get to really talk about what what we feel like is coming next with the Lord right. and talk about what God is teaching us. Um, what we sense, you know, might might be good for church stuff, or um, it's where we sort of bounce ideas off of each other for the different ministries that we're involved in, and for different opportunities that we have, or maybe even messages. <laughs> Sometimes we talk about messages, um, you know, and sermon ideas, and I'm sure that other people who go on dates do not talk about work like that, but that's but, something but, we are passionate about but, and we enjoy. It. But being in full time vocational ministry. Mm-hmm. Work is more than work. Yeah, it is. You know, it's, it it's different. It's it's a part of our lives. It's part of who I am. Yeah, and me too. And so getting a chance to really talk in depth about those things is really great for us because we don't have a lot of time to do well, that our, at home. Because our, it's not just, our work is not just something we do and it, it's not something, it, it's really a, a passion of our lives. Yeah, that's a good Like we would be it. passionate about church whether we were in vocational ministry or not. Some people are passionate about maybe sports teams, so they like to go to the baseball game or, or whatever. Right. This is something that we're deeply interested in. Right. Or what kind of messages did you hear this week on a podcast? Or what kind of, you know, this is something that we yeah, like to do. So we're nerdy read? is what we're trying to say. <laughs> and our date is... nights are probably really boring, but for us, we love. We love yeah. that, and that's why we get along. Our date nights oftentimes surround about around, oh, so-and-so said this on the blog, or so-and-so said this in their mm-hmm. article in Christianity Today. and mm-hmm. two, two people who are nerdy with teaching gifts, this is what our dates are like. Yeah, so, it's like wow. the nerdy cosmos <laughs> collide. Yeah, yeah. It's like Amy Farah and, uh, what's it, Sheldon. <laughs> yeah. Only we're not that smart. Um, but we do, that's stuff we enjoy. So if right. that makes us nerdy 
at least we have each other, right? Right. Okay, so these are some of the things that uh, you can do as a couple. I found this on the examiner. Um, how many have we done together and do any interest to you? I'll just go through a few. Amusement park. We have done that. Holiday World? Yeah, we went to Holiday World, just you and I once, remember? Oh, for And it my was birthday. like 50 degrees, and we went Ooh. on the water slides. <laughs> we and somebody did. stole our towels. Somebody who will answer for that sometime. Someday. <laughs> Those stole were some our nice towels. towels. Uh, we did do that, and I asked for that, and then I ended up being so chicken. And then you had a strep throat at the end of that special weekend, remember? We had to go to the convenient care clinic, was which was not... Was that the same weekend we did the special getaway weekend? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I And it was not... Con- the convenient care was not convenient. No, it was... I was so sick. Yeah. And we went and saw Men in Black 2 uh, that same weekend. That was... At the theater, I yeah. did take you to the theater. We... You did. You really bit the bullet for that one, but I was so sick the whole time. Um, my throat was so sore. So we did do the amusement park together. Um, bed and breakfast. Let's talk about this for a minute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had a bed and breakfast experience once. Oh my goodness. We had a speaking engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we... It was a marriage retreat. Yeah, it was so fun. It was at Orange uh, County Center for Women's Ministry. Yeah. yeah. And we had a bed and breakfast. Why don't you tell us about that? All I remember about the bed and breakfast was the cats. So many cats. And what about me and cats? Um, well, uh, you guys don't really mix. What happens? You sneezed probably 3,000 times while we were there. I felt so bad for you. Your eyes were so swollen, almost right. swollen shut. I felt bad for you the next day to have to preach because you couldn't even see hardly. Um, it was a fun day because we yes. did this whole marriage retreat thing. It was super fun. But you were so sick. And who lets their cats hang out at the bed and breakfast? I don't understand that. But there were so many tchotchkes. It was so overwhelming. It was every, such a nice place. The people were super nice. Every inch of the wall was covered with something. Yes. It was It was intense. But you know what? They were very passionate about their business. They I were. appreciate that. Um, the cats just, it wasn't working. They were passionate so, about their cats plus, too. Bed and breakfast for me... Um, it is just not, I would rather do a hotel. I'll just yeah. be honest. Can I say it like that? Because I don't know. There's just something about sharing. Like if I wanted to do that, I'd go live in the dorm again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So anyway, I, I know you feel the same way. Bake a cake. Now we cook a lot all together. All the time. Yeah. We, I love to cook so right. much and you have grown to like it more and more. And, uh, we really enjoy being in the kitchen together. So that's something we do. Baseball game. I don't think we've, we 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 intended to go to a baseball game one time. We wanted to go to Evansville as the Otters, uh-huh. but it, on our way it started raining, and we decided baseball wasn't worth the rain. So we're we are not. So that we good I think we went to Biagi's instead. That is my kind of date. Biagi's right. is our favorite, probably. Yeah. One of our favorites, and it's in Evansville, and that's where we got engaged. That's where you asked me to marry you. So that's a special place. Um, beach seashell gathering. Okay, we did this with our kids, though. This was not like a date, but we uh, gathered shells with our kids when we went to the ocean this spring. Seth's parents invited us to, your parents invited us to Gulf Shores. Yeah. And so we got to go down there and we collected seashells with the kids. Camping or cabin? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) All the nopes that ever noped in Nopeville, as my friend would say. We are just not outdoor people. We are not campers. But our friends, Matt and Lori, invited us to use their camper. And I hear it's more like glamping. Right. It's more like 
a, a mini house. I like the sound of that. Right. That they is ha- the kind of camping I They have air into. conditioning and oh. toilets and showers. God bless. So that's that's an okay kind of camping. Yes, I'm with that. Now, if they only had satellite television. Okay, this is going to totally gross you out. <laughs> Couples massage. <laughs> what do you think about that, babe? I don't even know what that is. I'll have to move on. <laughs> okay. All right, last one. Dancing lesson. <laughs> nope. Um, tell him what I had. Tell everyone what I had to do to get you to dance with me at our wedding. I don't remember. Um, I told you that... No wedding. No, no wedding. No, no wedding, wedding if there was no dancing. Yeah. <laughs> so I got you to dance with me how many times at our wedding? Once. One time. That's One time. It. Yeah. Okay, that was a fun list. Devotional time at our house with our kids. First of all, I wrote a blog on this way back. Not yeah. that my blog is very active, but you can read about it at laurenbiggs.blogspot.com. And I did write a blog about our experiences with devotional time with children it's actually called let it go but our friend brooke buffington asked if uh we had any advice about um a child who wasn't too interested in reading yeah older um but our experiences for our younger kids let's talk about that for a minute right it's difficult uh almost impossible almost but everything is possible with the lord so what we have found is that we just got to do it and if it looks ugly at least it got done Right. And that God will meet us, you know, where we draw near to yeah. him. And so if it means that Tabby's, you know, using the reading minutes for her reading, <laughs> that does happen at our house. And, you right. know, There's Elijah's you- jumping around and someone's screaming or crying. It usually ends with lots of yelling. And tears. <laughs> and tears. And I won't tell you who's crying and who's yelling, but you can draw your own conclusions. So, and there's nothing like letting an eight-year-old read your devotion because part of two, hours, two hours later, you're like, is this over yet? Even you and I, who love scripture so much, are like, something inside of me is dying right now. <laughs> um, no, but she's, she's such a great reader. And, yeah, she's doing a, yeah, she's doing a lot better. She's such a blessing that she wants to do that. But um, we've, just, we've just figured out you got to... Again, it's just like burnout. You got to press through it. You just got to do it. You got to make it a habit. You got to do it. But for older kids that don't like to read, um, the Bible app uh, for kids is really good. It's kind of simplistic, but there are lots of really great um, YouTube uh, devotional videos that you can go on and search for. We find a lot of those. And some of them were a little older for our kids. So I think... Um, that you might be able to to bring it down. Also, a, Bethany Hamilton, um, who was the surfer in yeah, soul surfer. Uh, yeah, she that lost her arm. Right. And I read this week she got married and had a baby. Isn't yes. that cool? Anyway, uh, she was talking about how difficult it would be to change a, a baby with one arm, and I thought it was funny how she was just because we like, could, sometimes so, it takes both of us. Um, it was just so cool how she was so candid and cute about it. But um, anyway, she has some devotions on YouTube that are actually <laughs> great for. Uh, preteen girls, I will post, I'll try to remember to post a link to a couple of those. Um, those are really helpful. There are some DVD sets that are like short uh, little clips that a lot of youth groups use that, yeah. that people could probably use with their kids. Right. You um, if you have older kids, yeah, you, uh, youthcartel.com, they have a subscription service called uh, YouTube You Can Use. Oh, and they send it out funny. once a week and they just, it's a YouTube video, it has scripture and discussion questions and kind of just a two-paragraph It's so point. worth the investment. And it doesn't cost anything. It's free. They oh, email really? it to you for free. Wow. Okay, so post a link for that. Yeah, youthcartel.com, I believe. 
I'm really excited for these families um, that want to do this. Yeah, and I think like though the most important thing you can do with your preteen, I think this person was talking about a 13, 12 mm-hmm. or 13 year old, mm-hmm. is just engage them in conversation. Mm-hmm. Talk about your dad. This your dad was really. Good my dad at was really good about this, and my mom too. Every every situation had an opportunity to have a biblical illustration. Mm-hmm. Like I remember so clearly one time we were sitting around the living room because you know this is what we did together, and we were watching the Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. And I remember I af- don't even need to talk about how much I love the Golden. I know, Girls. but I remember one time after the episode was over, my parents turned off the TV and they looked at us and they said, "Now listen, this show is funny." But we don't think that the lifestyle that Blanche leads is appropriate. And here's why. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm laughing, but that's so cool. You know, and that's they just really said, this cool. is why we don't think the way she lives and the way she talks is appropriate for real life. Mm-hmm. And so every opportunity was an opportunity for, they for also, a biblical discussion. They also, he also did this after church on Sunday. Yeah, we'd always talk about the sermon. And so that's something that we try to do with our right, kids. What do you learn in Sunday school? What did you learn in children's church? Mm-hmm. And just going through all We that. haven't asked Tabby yet since she's just now started staying in church for the sermon, what she learned during the sermon, because mm-hmm. I don't need to be confused right now. <laughs> By another person, anyway. <laughs> she's actually gotten very good. Seth, you do outlines. Yeah, fill um, in the blanks. Fill in the blank outlines for your sermons a lot of times, and she's been filling in the blanks, and then... I had her come sit with me this week, and she started jotting down the notes that I wrote down next to the blanks, too. So I know that the wheels are turning. And you know what? I I just encourage families to just be faithful in continuing yeah. that process. It's hard. It feels like it's not sinking in. But just when you think it's not is exactly right. when you'll see well, progress that you never expected. Just remember that you are not... You are responsible for what you teach your children. Mm-hmm. You are not responsible for whether or not they take those teachings and apply them to their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really they are their own people. Like we were talking about, my mom and dad came down last week to visit, and we were talking about some family friends of ours. There were three couples that always spent time together. And, you know, you can see through different situations where in all sorts of circumstances and in all kinds of different places where parents who worked really hard to raise their children have children who have walked away from the faith. Mm -hmm. And I think those parents didn't do anything wrong. Mm -mm. It's just, just the way. Right. And so hopefully those seeds of faith are responsible to them, but we're not responsible responsible for for them. them. I think that's really important to remember. Yeah. Um, another thing that, is, is part of that is praying for the desire for our children to love the Lord. You know, it's really easy for us to say, oh gosh, I hope they love the Lord. But to ask God to put that love in their hearts and to put that desire in their hearts to learn about him, to love right. him more. He is the only one who can do that. And so having that prayer time for them, I think is key, especially as they're getting into those preteen years when so many other distractions can come. Uh, so that was such a great question. Uh, we're still figuring that out, and we're still with young kids, so it's different for every family I know, and every family dynamic is different. We used to try to do it bedtime. By by bedtime, we were just done. I mean, everybody I was, was done. Everybody was done. It was just a waste of our time. So um, at some point, I said, "Let's try it during dinner," and that has been. It's still like, it's still like you know chaos. The bomb went off, but. It's, I mean, really, like the Jesus bomb went off and it was not a, not as pretty as you would think, um, but it's better than it was. And yeah. so improvement and just 
being diligent about it, even yeah. if they don't feel like it. And finding other media to reach them if they're not readers, I think is really important. Uh, we have our friend Callie asked a great question about keeping our mouths shut when we're frustrated or angry and we want to lash out with our words. I would not say I'm great at this, but you are much better at this than I am. So what kind of advice would you have for a it's, situation that's like that? a That's a learned habit. Mm, that's good. That's a practiced habit. That's not something you just say one day, oh, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> it's one of those times where you learn. <laughs> Maybe for 2.5 seconds. It's one of those things where you learn the hard way sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you learn how to, If you, the old adage, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. Mm-hmm. And that's a real challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to memorize scripture. So yeah. one thing that I learned to memorize I'm not saying that I'm great at it, but I'm saying it helps is uh, in Ephesians uh, chapter 4 where it says, in your anger, do not sin. Right. Um, that I can be angry, I can have the emotion, but the emotion does not have me. Yes. Well, and I think it, you know, it's one of those things as the process of growing closer to Christ. Sanctification. Right. That whole process, it is what Jesus said. It's not what you put into your mouth that makes you unclean, it's what? Out. comes out because what comes out of our mouth is a reflection of what's in our heart mm-hmm. and so that's actually then becoming a representation of the fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. growing in us and so as mm-hmm. as you grow more mature and as you study more scriptures and as your life has mm-hmm. changed naturally mm-hmm. the words you use and the way you relate to people is going to change mm-hmm. and the heart when the heart is changed then the mouth will change. But the mouth can't change without the heart change. Right. And I, you know, I think there's a great example of this in our, in our lives is our friend Carla Matais, mm-hmm. who is probably the most humble and compassionate person I know. Very patient. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I see in her that the, the Holy Spirit has worked that in her. Mm-hmm. And she has sought that, and he has done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she would definitely agree with that. Uh, There's a great book on that, great resource that just came out by one of the Proverbs 31 speakers uh, called Keep It Shut. And it actually has a picture of a a face on it and with a mouth that has a zipper. With a zipper. (laughs) So uh, Karen Eman, Eman, I don't know how to say it, E-H-M-A-N, check that book out, Keep It Shut. Uh, Not the book, your mouth. Don't keep the book shut. Oh, yeah, you want to open the book so you can shut your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) Yes. Um... Let's talk about balance for a minute. Uh, this is something that I get a lot too. How do we balance both working in ministry, both being very active in, yeah. in our roles? How do we how do we balance? Maybe balance isn't a better word. For uh, me, it's juggle. More yeah, I think balance. it's more juggle. I think some weeks it's easy to be home mm-hmm. and to be engaged, and some weeks it's impossible. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of take it as it goes. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of one of those things where when we have time, we make time. Mm-hmm. And when we don't, we do the best that we can. Well, we try to be, you know, very good about the time that we do have. Right. And really make it count. And I think that it's important for me to take, at least in my life, to take stock of the fact that, and I'm not judging anybody else for this, but a lot of moms work 40 hours a week. So if I have to be gone for, you know, say 24 hours from them to do like a retreat or something like that, that at the end of the day, I'm still home with them quite a bit. Right. And because I'm home with them during the week and because you come home with them at lunch, you know, our schedules might not look like other families, but it works for us. Right. And we spend more time at home than maybe other families do because we take advantage of times when other people can't be at home. Like when you come home for an hour at lunch every day and you're able to, you know, 
help Ty take a nap or rock Elijah, you know, those times count and mm-hmm. they might not be as, as, you know, as, as conventional as other families, but learning to find the time when you can and to make it count. Right. And well, and there's no point in going to the office. There's nothing to do. Mm, yeah. Like I have that flexibility in my job. Mm-hmm. Where I'm available by phone call, but that means that a lot of times I'm available by phone call, and I have to miss out on times at home that normal mm-hmm. people would be home doing their normal thing. Mm-hmm. Like a Saturday, maybe for us not a Saturday normally, right. but we might have like a Tuesday afternoon where you can just say, okay, all my work's done, let's go to Vincent's and eat lunch, and we'll go run errands, and so right. we make it a family thing that we all go do it together instead of you just going by yourself, right. you'll say, hey, why don't you and the boys come along and get to spend time together, or we'll go up and take um, Tabby and Heather out of school for, yes. you know, maybe for lunch or something like that, where it's more... We we just have to work it when we can work it, right? And make it count. And yeah. uh, one thing that I'm trying to work more on, which I'm not good at this, is like being really engaged, like phone down and all that stuff, so that they know. Gosh, when I've got my mom, I've really got her. Yeah. So that's something that I'm trying to grow in. Uh, but I think juggle is more than balance because um, our kids are always going to be in one hand, <laughs> and the other thing in the other hand is going to change, you know, but I have to consistently be able to give things the attention that they need and give my best. And sometimes that means saying no to things that are really great, but not great for our family. Right. And sometimes that means saying yes to things that might stretch us a little bit because we know that God is calling us to do them. But if he's calling us to do them, he's going to provide for us. Also having great babysitters is so key in this process. I cannot tell you what it means to have a good nanny or babysitter right someone who not only can come and take care of your kids Mm -hmm. but also will love your kids and keep them in the rhythm that we try to have here which uh, (laughs) sounds like a drum beating out of time quite frequently but understands our routines and understands their needs are unique uh because their situation and gives them the best that they have uh that was a really good question um okay uh what is something that you have learned from being married? That's a hard question Sorry. to throw at I me at the last really second. I just really did throw that at you. Yeah, you really did throw <laughs> that at me at the last second. Um, that it's not as easy as it looks. <laughs> Especially to someone like me. Yes. Well, that's not what I meant. But, I mean, I just think marriage is hard. Mm-hmm. And then when you throw in the addition of being a pastor and the addition of being a foster parent and the addition mm-hmm. of... Now adoptive parents. And now adoptive parents and being adding on to that then a biological child and all of the unique challenges that come along with and a ministry couple and all those mm-hmm. things that add on to all of that. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to make all of this work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I would say... Uh, Marriage is more of a crucible for holiness yeah. than I ever expected. And that I've learned so much more about holiness being more valuable than happiness. That's, you know, our marriage, and we knew this going in, that God did not design our marriage to, to make us happy so much as to make us holy. And that we have this great opportunity to help each other shave off the rough edges. Right. 
and represent Christ a little more strongly um, in a picture with him. Okay, last thing. What songs are you loving right now? Uh, what would be on your playlist? What things... What, what song will be on my playlist? Yes. Um, I'm still pretty infatuated with... Um, Jailbreak. Jailbreak, the Vertical Church Band. Oh. Pretty much like everything by them. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like... Um, it's James McDonald's church. Yeah. I also like the guys, uh, Build Your Kingdom here. Um, oh, Ring Collective. Yeah, the Ring Collective Experiment. I really love them. But I'm also still stuck on some of my older stuff. Like, I still love Jars of Clay. It's probably one of my all-time favorite. Uh, Kademan's Call. First Jars of Clay record. Right. Flood. Flood. Like a Child. Love Song for a Savior. Worlds Apart. Right. Yeah. Oh, I cannot. That whole album was really good. I'm all odds because I can't. And, I, and this is that. really old school, but <laughs> I still, I think I could still sing every word of every song on the Jesus Freak album from DC Talk. You are dating yourself quite a bit there. Right. I am old. You are older than me. Everyone should know that. Yeah. I was like a baby when that thing came out. No, I'm kidding. I don't know how old I was. But I was like, I was 10 years old when Ace of Base did the sign, I think. I hope that's right. No, I, I was that. in high school. Um, so I'm always like, oh, I was like nine when I first heard this song. And you're like, I was 17. Or how old, how old, or old you were, 15. Um, so I always like to make fun of you about that. Okay. So Jailbreak, check that song out. I'm Going right. Free by Vertical Church. That whole record, it's called uh, Songs. Oh, gosh. Now that I said that. Church Songs. That's what yeah. it's called. Just uh, YouTube, Vertical Church Band. Yeah, they're so good. I love their song, The Rock Won't Move. Yeah. Uh, that's not on that record, but it's really good. It really and good. then I'm Living Unstoppable Guy by Elevation Church. Uh-huh. Um, so good. So, anyway, hey, thanks for being on hey, no problem. all the things. Thanks for yep. telling us all the things. Sure. I love you. You're my favorite guest ever because you're my husband and you're great. And thanks for coming on. Sure. Thanks, guys, for listening. I hope you'll tune in again next week when I have another cool guest uh, to interview and to get to tell us all of the things. Uh, please come back. And if you like this, share it with your friends. Tell your friends about it. Um, let's, uh, let's hear uh, if you have more questions or you want to know something or you want uh, to hear from a certain person. You think I need to have a certain guest on. Please let me know. And I hope that this has encouraged you today. I hope it gives you something to do. Uh, when you're bored or riding in the car or when you're doing dishes, uh, please know that I care about you and I'm glad you're listening. Have a great day.